and welcome to Watch Your Language. This is our podcast about what we say and how we say it. My name is Amy Williamson. Uh, and I'm GP Manalastis, or Jan Paolo. And uh, this is this is our introductory episode where we talk about what we're doing and uh, and why you should listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's I mean we um, we've spoken about doing this for a while now because we um, I think for want of a better term are fans of language and we just wanted a way to share our mutual love of language with the rest of the world, with you guys. It's also um, really interesting to me that there are not a lot of linguistics podcasts already out there in the ether. Um, I'm familiar with The Illusionist on uh, Radiotopia, which is mostly about just kind of the history of words, um, specifically names or brands or things like that, but it's a lot more specialized and um, I've seen a couple of YouTube channels, but not not much in the podcast mm. world. No, yeah, but I mean, I know on the sort of the topic of YouTube channels, there's a the guy called um, and he he goes by Korean Billy. I'm assuming his name is Billy rather than Korean Billy, <laughs> um, and he is like us, a huge fan of language. He's a really big fan of the various sort of accents and dialects that you can um, that you find in the British Isles. And his YouTube channel is hilarious. There, I mean, it sounds like we're just sort of plugging his YouTube channel rather than ours. <laughs> rather than our podcast. <laughs> we don't have um, a YouTube channel. We could get one days, eventually. Early days. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, what this guy does is he um, he teaches sort of other learners of the English language, and to be completely honest, people who speak English as a native language, um, all about these kind of accents and how and you know, um, regional specific slang and he teaches people how to say it. And so he's got these sort of instructional videos that are, um, (laughs) I mean, they're hilarious. You definitely should go and see it because this guy is from like, um, South Korea and he, uh, I would think so with a name like Korean Billy with Korean Billy. Exactly. But he, um, he comes up with this incredible sort of Geordie accent or a Scouse accent. So I recommend it for any, other, I mean, obviously, after you've seen ours, after you've listened to us, you can go and see him. Listen to us first. <laughs> we are the gateway for all of your linguistic knowledge. <laughs> yeah, kind of in that same vein about um, about accents and uh, different ways that people talk. There's a guy, he's a dialect coach um, for movies. His name is Eric Singer. And I, I went and watched, he's, he's only got like three videos about different accents, um, but it's about how well actors affect other accents. And he has one that's about um, fictional languages. So he looks at Navi from Avatar. He looks at Dothraki from Game of Thrones. He looks at Klingon, obviously. Um, and just the way that the way that actors portray those languages, whether it's English with an accent or whether it's something completely made up, um, th- those are really good videos as well. They're, um, they're uploaded by Wired, but... They're about 15, 20 minutes each, and they're really interesting. So the, there is stuff out there. Um, but as far as just kind of general linguistics, just stuff about <coughs> language that isn't really specialized, there's not much, or at least not that I could find. Mm, exactly, which so, is what we're trying to change. Yeah, I'm hoping that we're addressing a need, if people have a need <laughs> for this. 
<laughs> yes, that, that is how we describe ourselves. We are supplying the market's needs for more linguistic knowledge because, hey, everybody needs more language. But. Yes. Um, so what what makes us qualified to talk about this? Why are, <laughs> why are we doing this? Why are we trustworthy? What's our, you know, ethical appeal? Um, both of us have uh, master's degrees now, which you just got yours mm. last week. Congratulations! Exactly, I, a good year I after don't understand. Yeah, you finished your dissertation a couple weeks before mine, and yet I got <laughs> my degree in January, and you got yours in September, so... Yeah, that, that's just <laughs> yeah that's just the universities being weird yeah. though um exactly. but i did yeah so i did my master's um from the university of leicester and uh my focus was on historical linguistics specifically linguistic interactions between old english and old norse in the dane law which is an area of um mid east england I don't, i'm trying to like picture it on a map in my head and that doesn't convey to audio um but it was it was a cool paper uh people that i would explain it to were just kind of confused by it but i got to read about vikings and um learn a lot about scandinavian heritage in the uk where i don't live uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i really like language a lot i got my master's in linguistics because I find it fascinating. I love all of the little intricacies of language and how it, um, how language is a form of communication, but also kind of a blockage to communication in some ways. Um, just the way that it, that people interact and communicate with each other. Um, it's not a particularly marketable degree. Um, I, I did mention to you that if I lived in, dc i'd have lots of options they they're mm. always looking for like cryptologic linguists in the government um so i guess i would be able to listen to communications and help decode them um there's a lot of language study going on in universities around dc but i don't live in a government heavy area i live in east tennessee um <laughs> so basically my actual job experience is that i've i've taught high school english for six years which is great um, I, I have enjoyed it thoroughly. I am currently between jobs because we just moved to Tennessee and, uh, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, our interests are sort of pretty linked. I mean, I did my, I did my master's in English linguistics, uh, last year, same time that you did. Um, yep. in fact, I think <laughs> pretty funny about this. I think I was telling this to someone we didn't know that we were both doing masters in linguistics um, at the same time until maybe a good three or four months into the into the course for either of us, which was yeah, something like that. We just happened to enroll at the same time. Yeah, in the same <laughs> subject. Lives. Exactly. Um, so my interests don't go as far back into um, history as yours. Um, I mean, uh, that, all of the stuff with the, um, the Scandinavian influence on um, development of English is fascinating. Um, but I've got a slightly more, um, let's say, you know, in a way that doesn't make it sound um, like they're, they're two completely distinct subjects. But so my, um, my main interests in linguistics and what actually what my, um, what my 
dissertation in my master's um, was on was on a, how people use language and how people use language now. And a particular focus that I had was on language borrowing. Um, obviously, English is a um, the language of invasion. Um, and it has mm-hmm. historically been the language of invasion. And um, there's this phenomenon in the English, um, in the English language, in all languages, um, called, um, well, borrowing, language borrowing. And what my, um, and we've done that a lot with, you know, lots of different languages throughout history. You mm-hmm. know, we've borrowed from Latin, we've borrowed from Greek, we've borrowed from the Norse, um, the Anglo-Saxons, uh, French, Spanish, Italian, you name it, we've borrowed something from it. Um, and when we say borrowed, we don't, it's, it, well, it's a lie, we don't give it back. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we take these words, we repurpose them, sometimes they come over with their original meaning, um, and more often than not, we we either keep that original meaning, or what more frequently happens is we adapt it for whatever purposes suits us. And um, my dissertation was on how a lot of borrowed words um, that we use every day that we don't think of as borrowed words um, don't have their roots in English, and they don't have their sort of grammatical sort of properties in English. So you know, the plural of man is men, but of um, uh, can is can't and you would expect some sort of you know maybe some similarity there and you don't get that because um, man is not from the same kind of language that the word can is from Um, kind of um, just while you're on that topic that survey that you sent out um, because when you were doing your masters you sent out the survey about Mm. what's the plural of this word um, you upset so many of my friends that I shared that with because they were looking at it going I know that I know this I know that I should know this but I yes. don't exactly it's when you see the word octopus and my one of my questions was you know, pluralize the word octopus and people were just sort of coming back with and, you know what was amazing was I, first of all I do apologize for any um, anyone listening who did that survey I, I really do apologize a for the number of questions b the time limits that I put on each. Oh question. God, yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> and actually, see the um, the sentences that I made up for to, to try and contextualise those words because I think I was becoming somewhat unhinged when I wrote that um, <laughs> that survey. Um, but yeah, but I mean, like you know, seeing it from this side, um, and what was really great actually, thanks to you, Amy, was um, sort of sending this out to your friends in America. Was obviously I got it through to um, a wide range of people. So people in Australia mm-hmm. were doing it, people here obviously in the UK were doing it, people who um, who didn't have English as their native language, but, you know, they may have spoken um, one of the languages that contributed some of those words to the English language, and what was really interesting was sort of seeing... So, you know, Amy, I'm really sorry to put you on the spot here, but do you remember what you put down for the plural of the word octopus? Um, I probably put octopi. Um, yes. Mm. Just because that's that's one of those things. Um, I know when you're when you're younger and you're learning about plurals, um, octopus, octopi, and cactus, cacti mm-hmm. are two that kind of stick out because they're weird. Yeah. And I don't remember if I was actually explicitly taught that or if I just picked it up from being around other people who were like, "Oh, the plural of octopus is octopi." Um, <laughs> but th- there were several on there that I was going. I I know that I've heard this as a regular plural where you just add s Mm. or es um Mm. 
And I know that I've also heard this as an irregular plural where it has an I or an A or something else that makes it plural. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So well, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that was what was really interesting about it was, well, first of all, though, you know, I was going to say something really woolly, like, there are no wrong answers. There are some categorically wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Octopodes. Octopodes was, um, so octopodes is... So if you Someone actually used that one because I love that word. Uh, yeah, octopodes. Um, and it was really interesting. So, so you know, octopi um, was one of the most commonly given ones. Octopuses was also, a, you know, an acceptable one. And then, of course, when you say, like, when you, when you write octopuses, do you then sort of go, do I double the yes? Um, yeah. Or is it a single S? Um, but actually, you know, the, the Oxford English Dictionary sort of listed octopodes as the official, um, the, the official plural, um, but it also accepted octopi, octopuses. Um, so I did as well. The only ones I didn't accept were things like, you know, well, I'm not going to say that because they might be a bit, you know, I, n- I know what you're, I know what you're going for. Um, yeah, that uh, I think that that octopi is um, kind of like when people have uh, hippopotamuses, mm-hmm. which you know you listen to. Um, there's a there's a Christmas song um, about I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Are you familiar with that one? No, and I'm, I'm oh it, man, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, well there's a. There's a part in it where the kid says um, that they only like hippopotamuses, and it's supposed to sound funny, um, but that's actually the correct plural for hippopotamus. Uh, hippopotami. Um, well, I think that hippopotami is the same as octopi, in that it's one of those things that you're like, yeah, this is totally it, but mm. is it? And so it's, you know, accepted, but also kind mm. of... Yeah, it's that woolly thinking you were talking about before. There mm. are there are more than one right answers. Exactly, exactly. Yes. And actually, I think hippopotamus was one of the words that I gave in my. I think survey. it was. It was, and I, you know, I, I I'm pretty sure I can count on one hand the number of instances where people actually gave me a plural of hippopotamus in its full form, and instead just went for hippos, which I appreciate. Oh, that's you, brilliant. I appreciate the loopholery, but actually, sorry, yes. I've completely, I've completely sort of gone off tangent here, which is, I think, we should yeah. probably warn everyone now. This is going to happen a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we we tend this to is... sort of go off track because we... par for the course. Exactly, um, but yeah. So th- that was my um, my master's dissertation on like borrowed words and what people would put on plurals, um, and now I'm doing a PhD at UCL. Um, so um, my PhD is um, in the, funnily enough, in the medical school, um, which kind of puts paid to all of those years if my parents wanted me to become a doctor. And, you know, 2020, look, mum and dad, you've got a, you've got a doctor from the medical school. Ooh. Can, I, can I help you with anything? Not really. No, I can tell you what you sound like. That's all I can do. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm, my PhD is on um, communication skills, doctors, um, the way doctors... Uh, handle their consultations with their patients so I'm, I'm analyzing the way doctors talk how they can sometimes be perceived as rude I'm using quotes here um, but generally it's, it's all about sort of trying to make sure that you're getting the best care from your doctors in the best possible way 
I think the thing that I love the most about this PhD topic is the cultural aspect of it. Mm. Because you, I think you had said that um, something coming from a, uh, like a doctor from the Middle East versus coming from a doctor who's German, if it's the mm. exact same thing said in the exact same tone, you kind of expect it from the German doctor because that's, you know, German. Um, Mm-hmm. But from other people, from other places in the world or other cultures, it would sound rude. It would be really off-putting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's this expectation that you should soften what you're saying to people, especially when you're delivering bad news. <laughs> yes, so, absolutely. I'm, I'm interested to read this paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also, yes, I also read your master's dissertation. Um, I don't think that I actually edited it for you, uh, mm. but I did read it. Oh yeah, we we swapped papers. Didn't we, we? we did, yes. In those, yeah. because not only were we doing the same degree at the mm. same time, we were using some of the same sources. <laughs> yeah, um, and you hooked me up with the copy of uh, of borrowed words that I mm. needed and could not find anywhere. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, again, thank absolutely. you for that. That was super helpful. No, 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 absolutely, and it was um. I met the author. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I met the author, and um, I remember being jealous about that. <laughs> it was it was a it was a real um, it was a real defining moment of my life. Meeting the author of this book that only linguistic students would read. It's a good book. But <laughs> it's a really good book. It's really well written. Yeah, it was it was a um, it was a really great moment. I think I messaged you straight after. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I know this guy. I mean, we're not on first name sort of terms. Um, no matter how hard I tried, but um, God, that <laughs> makes me sound so sad. But yeah, you know, it's the world of linguistics, and it's a happy world. <laughs> it goes to show, actually, we should probably sort of underline that there are a load of different things that you can study in linguistics, and we there just are. so happen to study the same one. And for yeah. us, the most interesting things. It it was really weird um, to find out that our topics were so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we really did go in different directions with it because yours was looking at how, um, kind of how the words have evolved over time since entering English. And mine was looking at how certain words entered English um, or how languages influenced each other, you know, like, 700 years ago mm-hmm. and that's really like the linguistic interplay is just one subtopic of linguistics and so mm-hmm. for me I'm really interested in um, code switching and linguistic interplay not just historically speaking but looking at um, uh, god all I can think of is like uh, mestizo languages which is like Mixed languages, but mm. that's not the official term for it. That's the only <laughs> word that's coming into my head because I'm thinking of Spanglish. Um, because we have, uh, you know, Mexico and the U.S. have mm. the very long border and lots of immigration and interplay between the two languages. Um, and so you get a lot of that influence both mm. directions. Um, I'm also interested in accents, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Conlangs, so a lot of how how language is used in fiction. Um, mm-hmm. Internet English is one of my favorites. I love how the internet has impacted English and mm-hmm. just how weird it has become. Um, 
And before I decided to do the Viking paper, I was thinking about writing my paper on the language of oppression. And then I found out that there is a book called The Language of Oppression from uh, the 70s or 80s, I think, that mm. would really benefit from being updated. I think you could uh, do it an update. <laughs> I, I, would, I would really like to do that, but I am not motivated by being in a PhD program or anything like that, so it's just kind of a... I could do early this days, if I had some free days, time. Amy. <laughs> Again, I, yep. We have opportunities. So... Uh, for you then, um, besides the social and cultural stuff, mm. you're into some of the same things and some different things. Exactly, yeah. I um, So we, I'm, I think a lot of my interests linguistically sort of focus on how the language is used currently and obviously how that evolves. And actually, you know, internet language, um, which isn't just memes, although a lot of it is memes, yeah. <laughs> and emojis. Um, is you know one way of it, but I I um I alongside my PhD stuff, I do a lot of work with our um, the university's outreach and sort of widening participation, you know, widening access um, teams. So these are sort of um, these are projects um, run by the university to get students from disadvantaged backgrounds into university. And um, one of the things that I do for them is give sort of uh, taster sessions on linguistics and in particular on slang. Um, and, I mean, you know, let me preface this by saying there is nothing funnier to a group of teenagers than a 30-year-old man um, saying things that no 30-year-old man should ever have to say, like bay and... Oh, God. <laughs> um, being on fleek... Um, I tell you, it, it's really, really, um, it's real character building when you say things like that and then you're just met with like a wall of laughter because, not because you're using it wrong, but because you are who you are and you're saying, well, tell me, what other uses would you have for the, uh, the term slay or, uh, yeah, being basic? <laughs> yeah, I, I've had that issue, um, especially with, um, AAVE. Um, mm. African American mm. vernacular English. I can't use it uh, because I, I am white, and it, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's just um, an experience with different phrases or accents or what. But there, are, there mm. are some things that I cannot say and sound convincing at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, my cat is attacking my microphone. Like <laughs> she, she's got her claws in the cord. And is trying to eat the volume control. Um, oh, she's going for it. Yeah. Kitty? <laughs> well, That's, this podcast okay. also features Amy's cat. <laughs> her name is Kitty. My child named her. Um, yeah, okay, she stopped for good. Yeah. Sorry, well, brief um, detour. And the only other, I mean, like, um, yeah, so, you know, I think, yeah, we were talking about. Um, slang and things like that and yeah so that's some of like the other stuff that I look at and of course I think I look at um, linguistics um, in a sort of a broader sense so I look at my, my project at the moment my research project involves mm -hmm. the use of conversation analysis which is um, which wasn't necessarily a linguistic um, sort of framework it was something that people in sociology do, um, created but it's this way of analysing this is going to sound really dry and, you know, when everybody says, oh, describe your PhD, and in a way that makes it accessible for everyone, um, 
there is a way to do it and I'm not yet mastered it. <laughs> but um, conversation analysis is about sort of looking at every single in, every single sort of line that the doctor and the patient says and sort of in, dissecting it and saying, right, so the doctor said this at this point and that had this effect on the, the patient. Or the doctor said, have you got any problems? And the patient replied with no. And if the doctor had said... Um, is there what something kind of you problem are you having or something like that exactly or like if they yeah. said you know is there something you want to talk about they might have got a better response it's got that kind of thing it's looking at the really sort of micro level of language and picking mm-hmm. it apart um so i'm interested in stuff like that um and basically uh <laughs> just to sort of you know boil it down to its essence how we communicate good is what I'm interested in. <laughs> it hurts so much to hear you say that out loud. <laughs> and I knew it was coming. Good. Um, oh. But yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I'm sort of interested in. And I think, you know, I, I, I worked in um, outreach for a few years before I went back into academia. And, you know, working with a load of kids from loads of different backgrounds. And, you know, I say how we communicate good. And you had no problems whatsoever in understanding what I understood you yes exactly and that's the kind of thing that I'm really interested in like you know we have this we've got this thing that exists language how we communicate and there are lots of very different variations on the language and yet somehow okay don't get me wrong there are lots of hilarious errors that come about when you know there are misunderstandings but Mm -hmm. by and large I think when you're particularly confident in using a language you tend to get away with saying things that you know as a language learner you you are taught not to say yeah and it's a lot of that ignoring prescriptive grammar yes um which i'm all for i am Mm. not a prescriptivist at all which sorry noam chomsky (sighs) i'm not gonna apologize to noam chomsky um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um I mean, these are these are things that we are going to hopefully dive into more in depth as we go through this podcast, um, however frequently we're able to make it happen. Because again, I'm in America, and you're in London. Mm. And so that makes scheduling lots of fun. But <laughs> yeah. we've, you know, we've thrown around a bunch of ideas of what we'd like to talk about. And so we have a list, um, <clears throat> things like... Uh, hilarious mistakes in translation or looking at accents or um talking about uh received pronunciation Mm -hmm. and the evolution of british english which when you were saying earlier that english is a language that a language of invasion um Mm. that i think that's because the english for such a long time were people of invasion Uh, and as you went around the world you kind of and I'm saying you as if, like, people <laughs> back in my history were not English, uh, which they definitely were, more so than your ancestors. Yes, yeah, so let, so, like, let me just, this like, is weird. at this point, dive in and say, I am Filipino. <laughs> yeah. I'm Filipino. My which the, the Philippines uh, kind of got, not taken over necessarily, but invaded mm. in the same way by america so oh, yeah. yeah we know all yeah about it. we know sorry all about invasions. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah other other things uh we talked about internet english and the i i mean 
emoji is kind of a language. Language yeah. is just symbols. So it's, I mean, it's like pictograms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I had a real sure. argument with someone the other day about their use of an emoji um, <laughs> and how it did not in any way reflect what they intended to say. And I was put roundly in my place because I then used, um, well, no, I, I, you know, the exact same conversation we had earlier. I knew exactly what they meant to say. I just didn't like the way they said it. <laughs> ah, yep. Um, and that's, that's something else that we can talk about is meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, how, I mean, what I said at the beginning is this is about what we say and how we say it. And those are two very important parts of language, any language, not just English, although both of us are um, English specialists, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, other things we might talk about, I'm just, I'm looking at our list here, um, euphemisms and uh, fake politeness, the the southern phrase, bless your heart, mm-hmm. which yes, I think I can do a whole episode on, mm-hmm. um, languages of class, of yes. race, yes. of... Um, so I got, I'm just getting very excited now because I'm just oh, yeah, it's all of yeah, us. of um, talking about the death of languages, preservation efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got some of the stuff we talked about with regard to our dissertations, respectively. Mm-hmm. Vikings. Um, yes. This English isn't very English, uh, oh, and then <laughs> yes, and also um, you are. Are you still working on the project with the Hillary Clinton emails? Oh, yes, I am. I am. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's sort of, you know, language and power and language and gender. And Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, on a closer to the actual project, it was looking at sort of, you know, politeness and emails and how we interact by email, because is the English that you use in an email the same English that you would use in real life? No. No, exactly. <laughs> I can just tell you no. I <laughs> I write professional emails that I have to rewrite four times because mm. it's not natural language. No, exactly. Um, yeah, so I'm still working on that. I've got to say, actually, I should probably caveat like a load of this because I suddenly I suddenly remembered the wonderful world of research and all of the permissions you've got. I can talk quite generally about these things. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to delve into the specifics um, mm-hmm. for fear of some sort of ethics committee coming down on me like a ton of bricks but um yeah we can always i know i'll i'll speak to my supervisor and just make sure that i know exactly where how much i'm supposed to share um just in case you never know one of our listeners could be one of the doctors who's provided their information yeah we'll be real careful with the ethics side of it yes obviously we'll we'll make sure that we have everything well planned out before we do anything Mm. with that um but yeah, we have we have a lot of ideas. Um, if there are people listening who have other ideas, things mm. that they're interested in, uh, that they want to hear us talk about, we have several different ways to communicate now because I set everything up before we recorded, which is awesome. Um, yes, you did. We yes, <laughs> um, we have an email address which is watchyourlanguagepodcast at mm-hmm. gmail.com. You can email suggestions there. We have a Twitter and a Facebook, which is at Language Podcast. And we have a website, which I recently got up and running and have to do some editing on, which is just watchyourlanguage.net. I really need to update your profile because I didn't consult you before I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a wonderful surprise to come back to. I'm not going yeah. to lie. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's all of our contact information. Um mm-hmm. I, I hope that this has 
interested some of you to the point that you would like to continue listening because we would like to continue making it. Mm-hmm. So uh, send us suggestions, send us reactions. Um, this is going to be up on iTunes, so you should be able to give us reviews, uh, hopefully positive reviews. <laughs> if there's something you think we need to change, you can you can at us. And yes, absolutely. I, I'm generally going to be the one handling the social media type stuff, so... I will probably be the one mm. to respond to you. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm an absolute Luddite, so yeah. um, Amy's got all of the technical expertise, <laughs> and I, I differ reverentially to you. I don't even know if I'd call it expertise, but uh, but I'm more experienced than you are. Apparently. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah, um, but that's I, I think that's the uh, that's the episode, mm. and I hope that you enjoyed it and. We'll keep looking out for uh, future episodes that we release. Yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Once again, you. I'm Amy. I'm GP. And we don't have a clever sign-off. <laughs> <laughs>